Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. E-commerce confidence is pretty high. 94% say they're satisfied with recent e-commerce experiences. And here's the kicker. Most of them say that they feel like they're going to be more satisfied in the future with e-commerce. Welcome back to Hitstop. Taking a little bit of a break from some of the tactical episodes to jump in with Philip Jackson, the chief commerce officer over at RightPoint, and he's been doing a bunch of research lately, and we're going to go over some of those findings. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen Philip Jackson, you've heard Future Commerce. Philip, we're going to be talking about first millennials, and dare I say geriatric millennials and their buying patterns. Thanks for having me back, Lucas. Geriatric millennials, of which I am one, we have observed some interesting uh, shopping patterns, and I guess the first thing I would ask you, Lucas, do you go to Costco at all? I am absolutely an executive member of the club with high ceilings, and I'll be glad when they're serving their hors d'oeuvres again. I will be too. This is an interesting thing. You know, Costco has this incredible brand around value and savings, but for some reason, it's also seen as like you're also seeking quality. It's also a place where a lot of discovery happens and you buy some high-end products. I mean, the average Costco member spends a tremendous amount of money per year in this one place of retail. So they really figured something out. At the same time, there's a a dipolar opposite uh, behavior from someone that might stock up for the savings aspect, like, okay, we're going to buy a bunch of the things that we really like, seek the safety of a consistent brand experience, a consistent product experience, and save a little money in the process. There's like a direct opposite or opposing mode of purchase, which is People who willingly seek out new experiences over and over again, and you might say they're disloyal, you might say they're promiscuous in the way that they they view brand loyalty. It's part of what I do in the world of media and in my job full time is you know to conduct research and think about how that research is useful to people in both a media and entertainment perspective in a way, hey, maybe there's a strategy behind this and a tactic that you can align to it to help drive engagement in your brand. Costco is such a great example because if you spend less than $100 at Costco, you went in for one thing and only bought that one thing, but you can rack up a two, three, four dollars $400 bill pretty easily. I would assume the average person spends close to $2,000, $2,500 a year at Costco quite easily. And could probably be encouraged to spend more. Costco could get them in the doors or in their website frequently. And that's something we're definitely seeing a lot more of. So certainly Costco is one that comes to mind in in the mode of stocking up. But seeking out is the other really interesting behavior. And none of these, neither of these modes of uh, purchase or what I would call like consumer dynamics mean anything if you have really bad e-commerce experiences because pretty much every shopping experience is informed by some digital interaction these days. Intent to purchase is being formed more and more every day from a digital perspective, especially in the categories that we surveyed. Like we went specifically to product categories, you know, where we felt like loyalty might be the highest or the lowest. What we found, this blew my mind, by the way. The first thing that really challenged my assumption was that people are shopping online all the time. You're sort of always shopping, but here's the thing. They're overwhelmingly happy 
with the existing experiences. If you were to listen to, you know, a bunch of the gurus in clubhouse rooms, they would tell you, oh, customers are just hating e-commerce experiences. They're drab. They don't convert. But in reality, when you ask an online shopper, uh, 94% of our nationally representative survey, e-commerce confidence is pretty high. 94% say they're satisfied with recent e-commerce experiences. And here's the kicker. Most of them say that they feel like they're going to be more satisfied in the future with e-commerce. 63% say that they will see some sort of increased satisfaction in online shopping in the next six months, which I think sort of flies in the face of something that I might have held to be true, which is, hey, the... the the bulk of e-commerce is not great and that people are somewhat dissatisfied with that and that they're bearish on e-commerce and probably bullish to get back into a store because that's where we want to get it back out into the world. The next interesting thing in the study is that online shopping is really about control. And so convenience, variety, and consistency. I think that the consistency being at 70% to crave consistency and stock up on items that they love, that's me. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about the convenience, variety, and consistency, especially in how that varies among industries? In particular, of the four categories that we looked at, beauty, fashion, wellness, and home furnishings and bedding, 79% of those in our study said that online shopping is the best way to get things bought. And it's the number one driver for beauty, fashion, and wellness. This sort of speaks to me as, you know, this is like eight in 10 people are, are already are sort of spear fishing. They already know what they want and they're going to go get it. Convenience ranks very, very high. But if you happen to be more affluent and, and you have uh, more disposable income, specifically if you have a household income of $150,000 or above, you have a similar sample set. 81% of those in the study said, well, we really prefer... Uh, sites that have unlimited product options over a small curation as a small collection. And so the more motivating factor is variety amongst the affluent. And what's interesting about that is you think about what's happening in the ecosystem right now post-purchase and a lot of innovation happening around post-purchase, you know, co-op commerce and some others where we're able to understand through, you know, second and third party data who a customer might be. We know exactly what it is they may shop with, we may be able to present to them more greater options to purchase of products based on the products they just purchased. And that tracks with something I've been predicting for going on five years now over at Future Commerce, which is that, you know, there is a future state in the not so distant future, three to five years from now, where every brand is effectively a marketplace. Every brand will co-sell along with other brands to have a greater share of wallet with the customer and uh, brands will mutually benefit by going to market together. So I think that those, you know, convenience of variety are two very strong factors. The other that you mentioned was consistency. And that consistency factor is really just consumers who are seeking specific online only goods are looking to stock up on multiples of items that they love. So that's 70% of folks who are looking for specific online only goods. What's interesting about that is very, very rare is the retailer that's selling in bulk online. And uh, that represents a very clear opportunity for us to tactically implement or merchandise that more you know, speaks directly to this uh, stocking behavior of people that want to stock up and have that same experience of buying you know, a ton of quality and having less spend overall and then potentially having greater satisfaction. The last piece is the channel preference by category. I was surprised to see such a low factor for grocery online. What surprised you in some of the channel preference by category data? 
Well, what surprised me, I, grocery certainly could be higher. I think there's some immediacy of need. And if you factor in next hour shipping, which is an innovation that I think a lot in the grocery space are, are working on, closing the gap on the impulse between I, when I need it to the action of, hey, I'm going to go buy it. If you could narrow that window, then I think grocery definitely becomes much more viable. Still, I don't think 41% preferring online and grocery is a shabby number. That's huge. And it's probably you know two and a half times what it was pre-pandemic. One thing that blew my mind is furniture bedding in home is at a dead even 50-50. 50% preferred online, 50% preferred in store. These are large tactile purchases that you're stuck with for a long time. Yeah, I don't think anyone really realizes how long the average like life cycle of of a bedding purchase is. It, it lasts forever. Furniture, on the other hand, you know, furniture is a tactile experience. You know, just imagining what it might look like in your space is uh, is pretty tough. Uh, but 50% are really skewing to preferring online for these. And I think that's because all three of these furniture home bedding are long considered purchases with a lot of comparison shopping. And where do you do comparison shopping? What's Where's the bulk of your comparison shopping nowadays while well, it's happening online? Let's touch quickly at the very end here on these behavioral modes, uh, the seeking and stalking, I think really stands out to me is when you ask behavioral questions in a study to a consumer and you ask them, what have you done in the past six months and what are you very likely to do or certain that you will do in the next six months? A number of things pop out to us. Some really big deltas here that I think are quite actionable for those listening to the podcast is 38% said that they have stocked up on a specific item in the past six months, but 44% said that they would stock up in the future. So very bullish about their uh, tendency to, to stock up more online. A few others here that I think are, are worth calling out is 24% said that they purchased two or more comparable items to sample at home. 32% said that they might do that or that they're certain or very likely to do that behavior in the future. Meaning that even those that say that they haven't done that, they're considering to, you know, to switch modes you know, of shopping to uh, engage in that behavior more in the next six months. Uh, some others that had great deltas, huge deltas, would be joining a membership program. So joining a, a, a brand's membership program, 13% delta there, and that 35% uh, of respondents said that they'll be doing that in the next six months. But the real standout for me is a seeking behavior we hadn't seen before, which just tells you, I think, the era that we're in of the roaring 20s, which is purchasing a version of something for now. While only 12% of respondents said that they bought something for the meantime, meaning I bought a black shirt, but I'm not really terribly happy with it. I'm going to buy a better black shirt in the future, but I'm okay with what I've got for now. 33% or three times as many said that they would do that. They're very certain or very likely to do that in the next six months. Consumer behavior is uh, is really trending towards buying more and then maybe thinking about buying even more in the future. But I do think, it's important to say, I do think that there's an element of all consumers want to probably do engage in these behaviors in some way. They just happen to be realized a little differently. Let's wrap it up here. We're back for another episode talking about good friction versus bad friction when it comes to customer experiences. So make sure you're subscribed. And if this has been a satisfactory podcast, make sure you leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to, to your podcasts.
You can't control the route your boat takes from overseas to bring your products to your 3PL to get picked, packed, and shipped, but you can choose your 3PL and you can choose ShipBob, joining over 5,000 other merchants who have joined their global fulfillment network and over a 99.5% accuracy rate when they fulfill orders. Don't leave your logistics to chance. Head over to ShipBob.com to learn a little bit more. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to TripleWhale.com and sign up today.